0: writes is a letter of encouragement say that with me it's a letter of encouragement he knows the church is fixing to go through great trials of affliction Uh, he calls it fiery trials he said think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened in other words don't be surprised when it comes don't be surprised when it happens he says these trials are going to be difficult these trials are going to be hard But the one thing that he says we need, we need hope. When it comes to fiery trials, we need hope. Say that with me. We need, we need, we need hope. He says, You have a living hope. No matter what happens here on this earth, no matter what takes place, no matter what the trial is that comes, we have a living hope. We have something waiting on us. Say, amen. Amen. We have an inheritance that's undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for us we have hope don't quit we have hope don't give up we have hope don't throw in the towel we have hope say amen Amen. we have hope not only hope but he said we need holiness holiness say that with me we need he said be ye holy for i am holy we don't need to live one thing out there and do something else in here We need to be the same people no matter where we are. We don't need to be a building full of hypocrites. Are you with me? When the world comes against us, we need to stand firm on who we are, what we are, that we are children of God. We are different than the world. We experience holiness. So important, so important. Last week, we said there was a third thing that Peter instructed us and and encouraged us with. He said we not only need hope, we not only need holiness, but we need harmony. We need harmony. Say that with me. We need, harmony. we need to get along. We need to get along. I mean, it, it, it divided we 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 fall together. We stand if we stand and we, we, we stick together. We're going to be okay. He says we got to have unity. We got to have harmony. I, I was reading this week uh, one of the quotes of Benjamin Franklin, and and when they were when they were signing the Declaration of Independence, this is what he said. He said, "We must all hang together." or we most assuredly will hang separately. You know what he's saying? In Alabama terms, he's saying, if we don't stick together, we're toast. We're not going to make it. We have to stick together. We are signing this, and and you know, really technically, by signing that, they were signing their death warrant. And he said, listen, we're, we're fixing to go through a great trial of affliction. We have got to stick together. We can't be fighting one another. We can't be fussing with one another. We can't be arguing and complaining and, and at each other's throats. We have one enemy, and it's not our brother. It's the devil. Amen. And all God's people say it. Amen. He used four different illustrations. He, he used four different visual pictures to, to teach us that we are the same, that we're on the same team. The one we talked about last week, he said we are children in the same family. Say that with me. We're children in the same, same family. Well, we're going to take the other three and we're going to use all of them together and talk about them today. He says we're not only children in the same family, but he says we're stones in the same building. He said we're priests in the same temple. And then he says we are citizens of the same nation. And so we're going to look at those three and talk about them today and help encourage unity. Are you with me today? It may help if I get over there myself. Amen. All right, First Peter chapter number 2 and verse number 3. If you're there, say amen. amen. The Bible says, If so be ye have tasted the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, ye also, he's talking about believers, he's talking about the church, the body of Christ, ye also are live as lively stones are built up, a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect and precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious. Unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same as made the head of the corner, a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense. What does that mean? Everybody's not going to believe the gospel. And to those who do not believe, the gospel of Jesus Christ will be a stumbling block. It will be something they trip over. The Bible says, And them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye, this is talking about the body of Christ, the believers, the church. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Church, say amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the opportunity to come and preach your word. Please help us today. Please anoint my mind. And Lord, clear my head of anything that would distract me from being able to deliver your word in such a way that everyone could understand it. God, I pray that you'll touch every heart today, touch every ear. I pray that they would leave encouraged. I pray that they'd leave challenged and convicted, Lord, to be what we're supposed to be. And God, will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> in the world we live in today, you find so much going on in the church. Uh, and when I say the church, I'm talking about the church world uh, around the world, not just here in Coleman, uh, but in America. Uh, you find there, there is bickering, uh, there is, there is uh, uh, d- dis- just disagreement, division, uh, and the reason that is is because it's made up of people. Okay. Are you all with me? The church would be perfect if it wasn't made up of people. But because it's made up of people, we're going to have issues. And we're going to have problems. And I don't care, I don't care where you go. I don't care what, what church you're in. I don't care what city you're in. I don't care what state you're in. All of that is irrelevant. With every single church, with every single city, with every single state, the churches are made up of people. And people are fallible. People make mistakes. People do things, you know, it just is what it is. They are not perfect. If we all, Can we all say amen right there? Amen. There's no doubt about it. And God knew that. God knew that. That's why he's given us instructions on how to get along and why we should get along. Uh, listen, Peter is saying persecution is coming, difficulty is coming, trials are coming, but you are the same. When, when the fighting comes this way, it shouldn't be inside here. We should know who our enemy is. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities or powers. Are you all with me? Yes. Now, here's the thing. He begins to explain. He says, look, we're all stones in the same building. He, he uses a, a, a metaphor to describe the church. We're like a building. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Jesus explained it this way. On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church is not this, this metal building that we are sitting in. It's not the concrete floors. Many times, many times we have been given the wrong impression because we're saying, I'm going to... Come on, everybody. I'm going to... And what you mean by that is I'm going to the corner of Campground Road in 157. I'm going to church. But do you realize you are the church? You are the body of Christ. You are the building that houses the Holy Spirit. He is the one that is in you. You don't have to go to the corner of Campground Road to go to church. You are the church. The church is in the marketplace. The church is in the schoolhouse. The churches are in the factory. The churches are on the street corner. We're all there being salt and light. Somebody say amen. We are the building. We are who house the Holy Spirit. So, we got (laughs) to, let's be honest. How many of y'all can be honest? They wouldn't be honest in the first service. But how many of y'all can be honest for about five seconds here this morning? Raise your hand if you can be honest. How many of you have ever had a bad morning on Sunday morning? Okay. All right. How many of y'all ever had a rough time with the missus or or with the mister or with the dog or with the children and they wouldn't act right and everything went bad on Sunday morning? Okay. Okay. How many of y'all, be honest now, be honest. How many of y'all, it was like that all the way to the parking lot? Now, now, man, y'all are great. They would not be this honest this morning. (laughs) Now, how many of y'all, when you you got to the parking lot, all of a sudden, it was just like, (laughs) come on, come on, get with me now, get with me. You know why? Because now we are at... Church. It's like God is hovering in here. And, and if you act the same way you did on the way to church, when you got into church, God would smite you with judgment. Come on, am I telling the truth? Because we were taught as kids... You're going to church. You better behave while you're in. Church. Yeah. Like God can see you. Guess what? That's, that's a total, that's a total distraction of what it should be. God was at home when you were fussing. God was in the living room when you kicked the dog. God was in the car when you was fussing with your wife the whole time. Cause he was with you, and when you leave here, you take him with you. You with me? You say, "How do you know that we take him with us?" Cause he ain't here when y'all leave. Let me tell you, the spookiest building in all of the in all of the community is a church at night when ain't nobody in here. Don't ever come through the hallway by my office at night and me not know you're there because I'm packing. Say amen. (laughs) You are the building. Let me give you proof. Some of y'all look at me funny. Watch this. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Watch, watch, watch. In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord. That's you and me. In whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Did you see what we just read? Everybody's different. We're like a big puzzle. Everybody's different shapes. Everybody's different sizes. Everybody's different colors. We are all different. We have different likes and dislikes. We have different preferences and different opinions about things. And, and we got all kinds of stuff. We are all different. But when you are here at temple, when God has placed you together with this body of believers, you fit. God has fit us together. Have you ever noticed? Have you ever noticed when you snap them together, they click and they hold on to each other? Because they fit, they are put together. Do you know that Jesus is the wise master builder? He's not only the master builder, he is the chief cornerstone. The cornerstone is what everything else is measured off of, what everything else is plumbed to. In other words, we're all connected, not by our opinion, not by our preference, not by our desires, not by the way we like or dislike things. That's not what connects us together. We're connected by Christ. So, as stones in the same building, we are connected. Say that with me. We are connected. Say it again. We are. And what connects us to each other? The chief cornerstone. I'm connected to you. You're connected to me. Not by my preference. You may not like anything I like. You may not do anything I do. But we are connected because of Christ. The Holy Spirit that is in you, he's in me too. Isn't it amazing? You can go to a foreign country. I remember, is Jeff in here? I remember when me and Jeff went to Mexico City. We're, in, we're right in the middle of Mexico City. And we're in that church. Mark, we're sitting there. And during that service, after the service was over, there, a bunch of them little guys, they wasn't this big. There's little preachers from all over Mexico. And they come, and they wanted a selfie with the big white preacher. Amen. And so here they are. I, can't, I, I don't understand a word he's saying. He doesn't understand a word I'm saying but there is a connection here that I can't even explain. I mean, we are sitting there. I mean, it's like we were long lost brothers. And he's there. We're here. I can't, I can't talk to him. He can't talk to me. You know, we're just there. He's smiling. I'm grinning. We're just ha- Why? Because there's something in him that's in me. And that's the whole, it's not something, it's somebody. It's the Holy Spirit. Now, you know what. you know what Peter's saying right here? Listen, if y'all can't get along when it comes to music, if y'all can't agree when it comes to preferences or styles of worship, he said, don't worry about that junk. That's not what's connecting you anyway. What we have a connection with is Jesus Christ. He is the common denominator. Does that make sense? We need unity. And if if we will gather around Jesus if we will make Him the centerpiece of everything, we can be different and still get along. Are you all with me? Say amen. Amen. We can can be different pieces of the puzzle, but we're all connected together by Jesus Christ. And all God's people say it. He said not only are we stones in the same building, but He said we are priests in the same temple. Now watch what He says. He says in this same verse, In verse number 5. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy... What's that word? Priesthood. All right, now look in verse 9. Go to verse 9. In your Bibles, go to verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness... Into his marvelous light. Now let me explain what it means to be a priest. It's not what you think, it's not modern day priests. We're not talking about, we're not talking about a Catholic church or anything of that nature. That's, that, that's not what he's referring to here. Back in the Old Testament, the, the, the children of Israel had a priesthood. The priest was basically. He was the connection between God and man and man and God. He was the representative, if you will. Does that make sense? He is their go-between. He is their representative. Do you know that God intended, it was His plan, that the whole nation of Israel be a priest to the rest of the world? In other words, every person was to be a representative of God to man and man to God. Does that make sense? Well, because of their unbelief, because of parts of their disobedience, he called out a certain group of the Israelites to be a priesthood. Not everyone could be that. Not everyone had that access. Not everyone had that privilege. Just a certain group of Israelites had the privilege and the access of the priesthood. Only them and them only. And not only that, but there was only one out of the priesthood, that could go into the Shekinah glory of God in the tabernacle. You say, what was that? When you go in, first there's an outer tent, and that tent was the holy place. In the holy place, there was the, the, uh, the, the, the table of showbread, there was the, the candle, the, the candle that burnt, then there was the altar of incense there, and, and then if you go through another veil, if you go through another curtain, back there was the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant was where the mercy seat was. And where the mercy seat was where the presence of God dwelt, the Shekinah glory of God, the very presence of God. And the high priest could only go in there one time of year and not without blood. Not everybody in the priesthood, just one. And not everybody in the nation of Israel, but the priesthood could be part of the tabernacle. You say, why are you saying all that? When Jesus died on the cross, when he died on the cross, the Bible said the veil in the temple... That part that separated man from God. That part that kept man from going into his presence. That part that kept God away from man and man away from God. It was ripped from the top all the way to the bottom and it wasn't so God could get out it was so man could get in and now we are living in an age we are living in a time when we are all priests unto God we all have access to God we all have the privilege of going into the presence of God and meeting with God and praying to God and being a representative to the world of who he is we are all priests unto God are y'all with me say amen We all have the privilege. We all have access. We all can go boldly into the throne room of grace in the time of need. Thank God we all are priests. Now, but with that great access and with that great privilege, there comes great responsibility. You see, those priests serve the people. And it was those priests' responsibility to bring sacrifices unto God. You see, they would take the lambs and they would take the goats and they would take the rams that the the people brought forth. And the priests would offer those sacrifices in worship and ministry unto God. You say, wait a minute, preacher. I ain't sacrificing no goat. I'm y'all glad we don't have to do that no more. But guess what? The Word of God says we still offer sacrifices. Let me give them to you. The Bible says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Hebrews 13, 15 says that we are to offer the praise of our lips. Do you realize praise is a sacrifice? Praise is offering to Him a sacrifice of praise. The Bible says even the fruit of our lips. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Well, preacher, I'm not very vocal. That's just not the way I am. Well, the Bible says that's the way you need to be. Well, I'm not very loud. I'm not saying you've got to be loud, but when's the last time you offered praise unto Him? Not from your heart, with your mouth. The Bible doesn't say do it with your heart. It says do it with your mouth. Hello. Amen. It's going to mess up our theology. I'm just giving you a Bible. And not only that, not only that, be careful. Be careful how you judge someone else's sacrifice of praise. I don't care what church you go to, and I don't care what town you're in. I, I've, I've gone to a lot of them, from the north to south. I've gone out west, not too far west, but a little bit west. And all over the east coast. I've preached in revivals and all kind of places. And there's always that one person in every church that's a little more vocal, that's a little more animated, that's, a, that's just, a little, just just got just a little more giddy up to their step. Are y'all with me? But before you say anything about it, do some research. Find out something about them. Say, so how do you know? Because I'm nosy and I always ask. <clears throat> I'll talk to the preacher and I'll say, what's up with, you know, what's up with him or her, or whoever it might be? And this is, this is probably 99% of the time, 98% of the time. Say, let me tell you their story. Let me, let me tell you what she's been through. Let me, tell you, let me tell you what he experienced. Let me tell you about her children. that were shot right in front of her. Lost all of her children right in front of her. She sits on that front row and praises God. What's the point? Be careful criticizing somebody's sacrifice of praise because you don't know what sacrifice it cost them. Preacher, what's the point? Are you, are you offering a sacrifice of praise? Because you're a priest. You have a responsibility. Now watch. You say, I, I thought this message was about harmony and unity. It is. Do you realize that when we, when we band together around a common goal or a job or a responsibility, something we're trying to accomplish... There's no fussing and fighting. You know why? There's something that keeps us together. It's the common goal and the purpose. It is our job as a priest to serve God. Do you want me tell you the most whiny people in the world? Those doing nothing. The one that's always got to complain about something. Always whining about this or that. They're usually not doing anything. You know how I know that? Because the busy ones don't have time to whine. Hello. How many of y'all was here? How many of y'all was going to temple during when the tornado come through? Raise your hand if you was coming when the tornado come through. How many of y'all? How many of y'all helped at the? Uh, yeah, there's several up there over here. How many of y'all helped at the at the, the high school when we was feeding people over there at the Coleman High School and then the fairgrounds and all that? You didn't see no fussing and fighting. We didn't have time for that. We were too busy cooking. We were too busy helping. We were too busy packing meals. We was too busy getting clothes together. People donated all kinds of stuff and we were separated out. We were getting ice out and sending out water and, and doing all of these things. You know why? Because we were centered around a common goal. You let me tell you, you, let me tell you when churches go to arguing and fighting and, and, and fussing, it's when they start thinking more about themselves than they do the common goal. When churches get self-centered, when it becomes about me. And getting my needs met, it's all about, then we got big problems. But when you are a priest and you come, listen, figuratively in the temple and say, what am I supposed to be doing for God who called me, who saved me, who changed me, who placed me? Somebody say amen. We have a common goal. You see, as the stones in the building, we are connected. But as priests in the temple, we are commissioned. Say that with me. We are. And see, what brings us together is our commission. What we have been called to do. Our bodies are a, a sacrifice. Our praise is a sacrifice. Good deeds, good works are sacrificed. Hebrews thirteen sixteen, Philippians chapter 4, verse 10 through 20 says, The money we give, our generosity is a spiritual sacrifice. Romans 15, 16 says, Even the people we win to Christ are sacrifices to His glory. Do you realize you're not just coming to church to be a part of what's happening here? You have a responsibility here. You're a royal priesthood. You are a representative of God to man and man to God. Church, say amen. So we need harmony. Why? Because because we are connected. Number two, because we are commissioned. Number three, he uses this illustration, and then we'll be done. He says we're not only stones in the same building, we're not only priests in the same temple, but number three, we are citizens of the same nation. Watch what he says. This is so key. The Bible says in verse number 9, But ye are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood, a holy, say that with me, and holy holy, what? Nation. Nation. A peculiar people. A peculiar people. Now watch. Let Let me keep reading. Let me keep reading. That ye should show forth the praises of him who hath, what's the next three words? Everybody say it. Everybody say it. Called you out. Do you know what? That's what the, the name church means. The word church means called out assembly. You have been called out. Now watch this. In the first part of that verse, he says you are an what kind of nation? A. Everybody say it. You are a. A holy nation. You remember what we talked about two weeks ago? Holy means different. It means different. You're not the same. Holy means set aside. Holy means just for God. Now let me let me illustrate this because I promise you I'm gonna go somewhere and I'm not I'm not running a rabbit. It may take me just a minute to get it up and running, but you say say amen right there. Amen. Now watch. Here we have all these nations on the planet. All these nations. He goes into the middle of all those nations. And because of his promise to Abraham, he takes the the people of Israel, the people of Abraham. He brings them to Mount Sinai. He separates them from all of the other nations. Takes them out of Egypt. And now these who were not a people are now a people. These who were not a nation are now a nation. And now he changes their behavior. He changes their attire. He changes even their diet. Y'all with me? Everything is different. The way they act is different. The way they talk is different. The way they worship is different. The way they eat is different. You're now different. You're now separate. You are now a holy nation. You are mine and mine alone. Does that make sense? Say amen. Now watch. Now watch. They were to be representatives to all of the rest of the world of who god is they were god's representatives they were a peculiar people they were for god and him only his use and his only they were a holy nation but they dropped the ball they disobeyed god and because of that they lost their privilege they lost that responsibility they had but do you know what god has called out of church God has taken a group of people out of this world. He said, Come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. He says, Be ye holy, for I am holy. He is going into this dark world. He's going into this wicked society, and He's plucking people out. And He is calling them out, and they are trusting in Him. He's calling them out of darkness into His marvelous light. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now watch. The church, we have a whole society. A whole wicked world that we're living in. And out of that wicked world, God has taken the church. And he's calling people out. That is what the church is. They are a called out assembly. Are you with me so far? Now watch. We're not the same. We're different now. We're supposed to be. If we're not different, something's wrong. Okay, I knew it would get quiet. Now watch. We are citizens of the same nation. So that tells me we're called out. As stones in the same building, we're connected. As priests in the same temple, we're commissioned. In other words, we center around, we unify around our responsibility, our job. But as citizens of a same nation, we are called out. We are Different. Say that with me. We are different. Now this is where it's going to make sense. You say, what does that have to do with unity and harmony? Watch. How many of y'all remember going to school? And this is usually in every school. It was every school I ever went to, coming up, coming up through uh, 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 every, every school I went to, every classes I went to. How many of y'all remember going to school and in every school, there was a certain group of people that were all the same. And they were the majority. They, they wore the same clothes. They wore the same shoes. Come on, I, I, listen. I, this, this, this weekend, I had to do that, that, that back-to-school shopping junk. Say man, right there. That's a trick, by the way. And you have all these, all these kids going to certain things. And there was one name of a store. There was one name of a store, and I didn't hardly see anybody in it. And it used to be really popular. I mean, that's all that. And I ain't gonna say what it is in case. Anyway, I said, I said, what about them? Does kids wear them? Dad, that's that. That's not in anymore. But then there was a certain store that's all piled in there. Are y'all with me? Everybody wanted to get that, and everybody's buying that stuff, and everybody. So, so. In every school, there's this majority, the majority crowd that wears everything the same, looks everything, because they don't want to stand out. They want to be the same. They want to be like everybody else. But in every one of schools, there's always a certain group that's different. Maybe, maybe they, they, they just dress a little differently than the, than the big majority of the crowd. I remember... I remember going to school and and most everybody dressed the same and then there was a certain group of people that liked that that uh, uh, like a gothic type look really dark were wore real dark makeup and 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 dark clothes and all that that's what they liked and guess what i, I noticed about that that anybody that was different and it, not only that that we had we had rednecks too i mean I mean rednecks that had a a UFO for a belt buckle. Say amen right there. I mean, it, there, there, were, there was a group for everything. Y'all, y'all with me? But I noticed something about these different isolated groups. They were smaller. They always found each other. They always found each other, and they always stuck together. Because they wasn't nothing like all the rest of them. Now, here's what, here's what I, I... Let me say this. And it, it may make somebody... I made several mad in the first service, so I, I didn't mean to, but I did. Usually, the crowd that's all alike are ordinary. And in the, in the crowd that's a little different, they're usually gifted. And they're usually Exceptional in one form or the other, but they're way smaller, so the ordinary crowd makes them feel like the weird ones. It shouldn't be that way. They have the courage to be different. Anybody can be like everybody else. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. Just trust me. Now, watch. This crowd over here, That's a little bit different. They find other people that are a little bit different. And they stick together. And what what is it that binds them together? It's their difference. Because they are not like all the rest of them. They don't blend in with the crowd. They don't run with the crowd. Not that the crowd's bad, it's just they're different than, you with me? You say, what are you trying to say? They band together because this is where they feel safe. This is where they feel accepted. This is where they feel encouraged. You don't have to be like the crowd. We'll take you like you are. Are y'all getting any of this? Now, watch. The church is different. It's supposed to be. If we're a real church, a real called out assembly, we're not like the world. You say, well, if we acted more like the world, maybe they would accept us. They're not supposed to accept us. Jesus said they hated me, they'll hate you. And if they don't hate you, you're not doing something right. You with me? So we be indifferent. We talk in different. We live in different. We, we behave in different. Everything about us is different from the world. The world is not going to accept us. The world is not going to like us. The world is not going to be for us. The world is not there, Nothing in the world is going to encourage me to be Christ-like. But there's a, there's a crowd that's different. Where I can feel encouraged by. And I can feel accepted with. So that when I have to go out into that world, I know I'm not the only one that's. Different. Yeah, man. Yeah. Y'all with me? Yeah. Now watch, watch how this works. You got this big old crowd of here of ordinary people. They all look the same, they act the same, they behave the same. But then you got these extraordinary people that's usually really gifted. They're different. They're not afraid to be different. But it's always nice for someone to like you. And it's always nice for someone to support you. It's always nice to have somebody there to encourage you. You say, why do they stick together? So they can encourage one another. Now, watch this. Now, this is what I said all of that to say this. What if this small crowd started fighting and fussing? What if this crowd here decided not to get along? Then where are they going to find encouragement then? Because this crowd that's different is not going to find encouragement from this crowd that's the ordinary. Because they're just not the same. Here's my point. If we as the body of Christ, if we as the church, the separate, the called out ones don't learn to get along, who else is going to encourage you? Are you going to go to the world to be lifted up? Are, are you going to go to the world to be cared for? If we don't learn to care for each other here, if we don't learn to love each other here, if we don't learn to encourage each other here, if we don't learn to stick together here, we're not going to find it out there. Not if we're truly... Being the called-out church God has called us to be. Because we're nothing like that crowd out there. What's the point, preacher? Our difference should drive us together. Are y'all with me? Say amen. We're citizens of a different nation. I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. When we were going through... uh, (laughs) I shouldn't admit this stuff. When I was in Mexico City, I didn't want to go nowhere. <clears throat> I wanted to go straight to the to the church, do my ministering, and go straight back to the motel. And Jeff and then made me go uptown. And I didn't want to. I'm still bitter about it. Say amen. I remember I remember being now, has anybody ever been to Mexico City? Let me tell you something. Downtown Atlanta ain't got jack on Mexico City. The traffic, the people, it's just like elbow to elbow to elbow. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it is not a place. It is not a place with people with nerve problems. Say amen. And we're going down the sidewalk right downtown Mexico City. And people are going, now, I'm, I, I know who I'm connected to. Y'all with me? I knew who could speak English and, and who could speak Spanish and English, so I tried to make sure I was close to some. And, and, and all of a sudden, I turned around, and I didn't see anybody that I recognized. Now, I'm not going to tell you a lie. If I wasn't a grown man, I'd have cried just a little bit right there. <laughs> I mean, I just, like, I'm starting I start wigging. out. like, what, 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 what? what Where'd they go? You know, and I'm thinking, I mean, I, they don't understand a word I'm saying. They're going to, it's going. And then I, I, I finally seen somebody that was a friendly face that was the same. Watch this. Was the same kind of different that I was. You know, it's kind of the way you feel like when you're in, in the world and, in, and you run into a Christian brother or a Christian sister in Christ. And here you are in this wicked world that's so ungodly and so dark and so just dismal. And then you run into a Christian brother and sister. And it's like you finally get to see somebody that's the same kind of as you. Let's stick together. Whatever our differences are, we can get over them. Whatever our, 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 our fusses and fights about preferences or opinions, we can get over that stuff. Because we're connected to Christ. I'm connected to Him. You're connected to Him. We're all connected to each other. So here's the thing. We're the family of God. We're here together. Let's make it happen. And all God's people say it. Let's give God praise and glory in His house today. Yes, He's worthy of our praise. Father, I pray in Jesus' name.